Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, ACB. This is Deb Cook-Lewis. After serving you for five years on the Board of Publications, I am now hoping to serve you as your first vice president. No matter who you vote for, I hope you vote. And we'll see you at the convention. In preparation for the annual convention, the American Council of the Blind, ACB, launched the ACB Media Network. ACB Media Network will launch a new Alexa skill called ACB Media on June 27th that will replace the previous ACB Alexa skills. To access the new skill from your Alexa-enabled device, first enable the skill by saying, Alexa, enable ACB Media, and then launch the skill by saying, Alexa, open ACB Media. Stay tuned as we continue to prepare for the launch of this year's annual convention. Listen to the convention information stream on ACB10. For the full list of stream names, please visit https colon slash slash www.acbmedia.org slash home slash streams slash. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McAllen. ACB Radio's very own American Council of the Blind has a new manager of communications. Her name is Jennifer Flatt. Jennifer comes to Speaking Out for the Blind today to tell us about herself and where she's planning to take ACB in the very near future. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks so much, Brian. Happy to be here. Glad you're here, too. So, Tell us about yourself and how you spoke out to get the job as the American Council of the Blinds Manager of Communications. Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Canada. I moved to the U.S. with my husband, who's a professor, and I've been working in academia. However, my background is in government, in nonprofits from Canada. And when I saw the posting for the position, it seemed to align really well with my experience and what I hope to do by making a difference and helping people with more accessible information. That's good. Which part of Canada were you from? I'm from the capital, Ottawa, and my husband's from Toronto, but we met at a wedding. So <laughs> that little did I know that one dance on that dance floor would bring me to Savannah, Georgia, eventually. Ottawa and Toronto are good cities. <laughs> I've been to Vancouver, though, but Canada oh, is one beautiful. special place. Yes. Um, well, great. So you're going to be supporting ACB's director of development, Tony Stevens. You're, you're going to actually supervise with both the making and the starting of this whole content management strategy for ACB. What's that strategy going to involve? Well, it's only been a month since I've started. And so far, I've been really listening and collecting to see what content, what narrative we need, and how we can make it more coordinated um, and aligned together. I think there's so much happening at ACB, which is amazing, and a, and a passion that people have um, for telling their stories and sharing their experiences. Great. But what my worry is, is that it's it's completing competing with each other just a little bit, and I'm hoping that the content strategy will help showcase um, the individual stories and the priorities a little bit more by being a little bit more intentional, planned, 
organized and having, you know, set plans for launching content to make sure that our members and our stakeholders are aware of what's happening and when. So this strategy is going to allow for ACB to cross promote the organization around all the communication channels, not just ACB radio where this program airs. Yes, that's right. So I especially knew with the new uh, live 365 and the streams, we want to make sure that people um, can understand where their favorite programs will be, will be able to listen to them and how they can interact with events and uh, special occasions that are happening with ACB, whether it's project based, whether it's community based, social media, or really just some special education opportunities. So how's this strategy going to help expand ACB's reach and just invite more members to join the club? ACB always, always needs new members. Yes. I think really by telling our story more broadly, so making sure that we um, include how to join and become a member in what we're doing in terms of communications and messaging, but also looking for um, the stakeholders beyond our current members, whether that's introducing new members or friends and family or corporate stakeholders to help tell our story and, and be a part of us. Um, our membership is so valuable in what the contributions um, are made individually, but also as a group. What I found fascinating my first month is just how many people are committed um, to being a part of ACB um, at the national level, at the state level, and with the special affiliates level. It's really great to see, and I'm looking forward to this convention uh, to see how virtually uh, it works out uh, for my first convention this year. And we know that next year's convention is going to be in person in Omaha. It is. I'm assuming there'll be a bit of a hybrid um, with some elements being virtual for those who can't attend in person because we are seeing the value of making sure that membership have access to the information even if they can't be there in person. And I know that ACB members can't pay the high cost to travel and it's probably better for some of them to watch it virtually on the computer or rather listen to Right. So I think that's always been a bit of a difference. Some of the, you know, areas where you'll miss is the, is the fabulous tours that are organized in person and, um, the networking and camaraderie and getting to know each other. But I think as we've seen this year, some of that can happen organically, even when we're all together virtually. Um, and so we're looking for more ways to connect, um, whether it's in person or virtually. And I think this year, the big change will obviously be in voting virtually, which will be the first time ever. How are members going to be able to vote virtually for officers? So I'm not sure of all the details. That's not my area. But I do know that um, what's being proposed is that it will be clearly explained, I guess, as part of the program that I believe is being launched next week. All right. Um, well, I think you're that key to increasing ACB's coverage and ensuring the organization's continued, su continued success. You've got quite a resume, though. You have prior marketing and communication experiences, as you mentioned. You were recently the Senior Director of Communications and Engagement at South University in Savannah, Georgia. What yes. did you do in this position? Sure. So um, that position, they had done any local marketing. That was a university system that had 10 campuses across the country. And they had not done any local marketing um for 14 years. So my position was brought in to help um, tell the story of the campuses 
and the students in each area and make sure that what programs are being offered was clear um, to the community and to figure out how that we could become a broader part of the community. So we had directors of outreach and engagement that were community-based um, that worked with me and developing really partnerships that could expand. One of my favorite partnerships was here in Savannah. Um, we adopted um, a local middle school that had had some challenges academically, but they were able to move from 10th in the district to third. So we helped them with a celebration right before COVID um, to, to celebrate academic achievements. So I was lucky in that position where I was able to work with university administration to help during the crisis of uh, the initial days of the pandemic, where we did have to close down all 10 campuses um, and go virtually, but also in the marketing of making sure that our students felt like they were part of the community and giving back. So for me, it was that marketing communications and engagement um, trifold where um, we get to tell the story, uh, be part of the story, and then move the story forward uh, locally. You led the media relations and communications area and you made sure that 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 we you just had that constant outreach and messaging to advance the profile and goals of the school and mm -hmm. you also launched the college's communication pieces for the diversity and inclusions council what did that council do so that council was new as last year um, in June, as so many schools and other organizations were taking a look at their own diversity and inclusion element and realizing that they just weren't enough. For South, we realized that our students didn't feel represented in our images, in um, our advertising, and we want to make sure that they were part of the story. So the council really worked with students and professors and the staff to make sure that um, each decision that was made in terms of content rollout, in, in terms of visual brand and recognition and messages, really represented the school as a whole and made some uh, adaptations. For instance, this week is Juneteenth. Juneteenth um, had not been celebrated at South University previously. And last year, we introduced the fact that we would not only like to celebrate, we would like to promote messaging uh, with our students and have them tell us what Juneteenth meant to them. So for me, it was uh, one of the most rewarding phone calls I had was one of the first elements that we produced was a postcard that showed uh, two individuals on a postcard. And I had a phone call from someone to say it was the first time they felt represented in anything that had been done by South University and images that looked like them. That was very powerful. So before you moved to Georgia, where you are now, you worked in Ottawa for the Privy Council Office of Canada as the senior analyst of marketing and advertising. What did you do in this role? That was a really interesting role. I was there for four years, and um, it was the nonpartisan body that uh, provides advice to the prime minister's office in terms of communications, marketing, and advertising. For me, that meant working with all different departments and ministries on what their areas of focus were. So whether it was with veterans or immigration, uh, taxes, finances, um, really we had, we had health, um, and, and honestly, it was so rewarding to be able to work with excellent, uh, groups and teams to put out advertising that represented what they were doing and the priority of the government. But for me to be able to advise them on how we could, um, increase, uh, views and increase the, the outreach and the message to make sure that um, it was more representative of all Canadians. 
Now, um, did you work directly for the prime minister or just directly for other employees in the prime minister's office? So we had partners in the prime minister's office. So the Privy Council is a, was a member of the Queen's cabinet. So we actually worked directly for the Queen uh, on paper. But um, we did get to meet the prime ministers and, his, and their staff. Um, I was there through two prime ministers. Um, and uh, so we often, it would be the two of us. So I would go to maintain um, nonpartisanship uh, with any of the meetings that were being held with the poli- uh, political staff uh, between departments. So it was kind of the go-between um, and sometimes the referee. But in that role, I was able to produce 22 commercials um, that were uh, aired nationwide. And um, some of them, my most proud work was done while I was there. What were the commercials about? Uh, one of them was a recruitment commercial for the armed forces. Um, another was a mental health um, advocacy for our veterans. Um, also working on what the latest tax breaks. Canada is a little bit different in terms of how healthcare care um, and the economy is managed. Um, but being able to introduce um, new um, options for Canadians to take advantage of um, uh, to help build the economy back up um, after some of the recession. Now, I understand you were the single window for the H1N1 or swine flu crisis communication response for the public health agency's response to the virus in Canada. This was in addition to the marketing requirement for the materials, including just providing accessible health information for every Canadian, disabled or not. How did you do that? So um, I was the manager of marketing, and in April... I believe it was 2008 or 2009, um, I had uh, the head of our crisis communications walked into my office and asked if um, I could come to a meeting. And she let me know that I would be changing positions uh, because there was an outbreak and we weren't sure what it was. Um, I had only worked in communication or in marketing at that point, marketing and advertising. And for communications, I needed to be briefing senior officials inside the public health agency, which is the Canadian version of the CDC, um, as well as um, the Prime Minister's office and the Privy Council office, and our um, what's called in Canada um, the Chief Public Health Officer. And so, really, all communications uh, products, so any materials, announcements, um, questions, uh, ways of linking out information, so either through hotlines or materials, um, came through my desk to make sure that we had the elements that were provided before um, decisions were made. So it was a big lesson learned on how to brief uh, decision makers and make sure that they had the information they needed, but also to how to represent Canadians during a crisis. And one of the elements that happened was we were launching an H1N1 guide, um, which was a, a piece of a book really for all Canadians to be aware of what was H1N1, and we were distributing it through postal, the post offices. And um, when we said, okay, well, we need it in all accessible formats, they said, yes. I said, okay, and where's the Braille? And they said, well, that will take six weeks. Well, as you know, six weeks in, in the time of a crisis is a lifetime, and it's too long. So we really worked on figuring out what how to make that information as accessible as 
possible through um, screen readers, which were new to the Canadian government at the time. You have to remember this is the time where before Google AdWords, um, there was no way to direct um, ads to people based on their behavior. So we launched a massive radio and television campaign to get the me message out as soon as possible. Um, and in that, we say that that was social marketing in the way that the behavior changes really do represent Canadians. If you see a Canadian at an airport and they cough and sneeze into their elbow, that is because of that campaign. So um, big lessons learned. We did focus testing and realized that the elements really were not um, prepared in advance in terms of crisis on providing accessibility to all Canadians. And so after that, it was changed. And um, really proud that those those changes were made. Those sound like very good changes to help people through that time in crisis. That's marvelous, Jennifer. Why don't you tell us about some of the additional communications and marketing experience you've had? Sure. Um, so as part of um, what I did at Public Health Agency in my general marketing role was also working on healthy living, which was uh, behaviors for children and adults um, to increase um, healthy eating, more activity, and uh, mental health and calm stress. So we worked with uh, various groups, including um, uh, Participation, which is in Canada, um, a physical activity group that specialized in need for children. Um, so when I spoke with Tony um, about the plans for this year with ACB, and he mentioned the Get Up and Get Moving campaign, um, which is our wellness-based campaign that we'll be launching in July uh, during convention, um, it, it really seemed like a good alignment. My familiarity with, you know, obesity, healthy eating, um, mental stress, diabetes, um, and really the health, um, the importance of health information being reliable and easy to access um, has made an easy late way. Um, before that, I did work at um, another member based group, which is the Canadian Public Health Association. And for that, I worked on uh, a campaign to eliminate stigma and discrimination for those living with HIV and AIDS. And before that, I was uh, the general manager of an advertising agency, uh, working with all sorts of clients from hospitals to uh, businesses to promote um, their products or recruitment or me. Uh, mere awareness building. So really my background over the last 20 years has focused a lot on outreach and messaging and content development. So um, I hope that the, what I've learned till uh, up until now can be useful here at ACB. And in my first month, I, I see that it is, but I see there's so much for me to learn um, of the culture of ACB to make sure that I can help tell the story in a way that's meaningful to its members. Where did you go to school? Where did you get educated to do in order to do all the marketing things that you've done? So I went to the University of Western Ontario, which is London, Ontario, and I did a degree which was sociology and film studies. And to me, um, it equaled advertising, which was not offered at that at that institution. Um, it was at, offered as part of a business curriculum or as part of a sociology course, but it did not have its own major. Um, and so I really felt like working with demographics and, you know, group mentality um, helped me in terms of media study 
to be able to showcase what elements we should use um, to tell stories to people to get a message to them. So um, I say that I built my own. I did have a minor in political science as well. Um, so I, uh, I created my own um, to make sure that um, I had the responsibility. And my first position immediately after university um, was to be the um, supervisor of audience research at Chum Radio, which owned m the majority of radio stations in Canada at the time. Um, and we did telephone surveys about music um, and about content and uh, topics of interest with the public. And uh, Rick from ACB Radio and I were speaking about it this morning about how much surveying the public really teaches you about what you think you know and where your assumptions lie. Um, so it was a great uh, teacher for me of, um, of taking what the public says and providing it to the right content and topic groups. About those music surveys, what were the results of those surveys? At the time, Shania Twain was very big, so they really wanted a lot more Shania Twain. Well, Jennifer, I have to say one thing. Welcome to ACB. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add? What's your favorite thing, Brian, about ACB Radio? My favorite thing is doing this show, speaking out for the blind, interviewing people like you, and uh, and just learning about how they're helping the blind community, and not only informing people about that, but also entertaining them as well. Well, you do a great job. I appreciate you, Brian. Oh, thank you so much, Jennifer, and and definitely I appreciate being here too. And I think you're going to give ACB an even brighter future. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. You also access the podcast feed at speaking out four blindpinecastco That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. 
The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. The show airs on Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream East and 8 p.m. Pacific on ACB Radio Mainstream West. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. This is ACB Radio, connecting the blind community. Connecting the blind 